What happens to your writing legacy when you die? Today's episode talks about protecting and preserving your intellectual assets for future generations. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so very glad that you're listening in today. During this episode, you'll learn about estate planning for authors. My industry expert is Rowena Kuo. Rowena is the CEO, executive editor, and producer for Brimstone Fiction, Brimstone Books and Media, and Brimstone Fire. Her specialties include author legacy and financial literacy. She is an author at Scrivening's Press, and when not working on words or films, she is a mom with secret aspirations for space flight. Rowena, welcome back to Your Best Writing Life. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's always good to have you here. Always good. And we're going to head right into the content for today, Author Legacy, Ensuring the Immortality of Your Life's Work. And what we kind of coined it is estate planning for authors. We're really going to give you information today that's going to help you secure the legacy of your writing. So let's kick it off, Rowena. How did author legacy come about? Well, as an acquisitions editor, when I first started, I had sent out one of my first contracts to an author. I was really excited. I was like, oh, I have an author. I'm going to send out this contract. And I sent it out and I heard nothing back from that author. And I was disappointed. I thought, well, I thought authors were hungry for contracts. I thought that this author would seem very interested in having her work published. And I was just disappointed that I didn't hear anything. And then a few weeks later, I had found out that she had passed away. And her family didn't know anything about her work, didn't know where her work was, and had gotten rid of all her things. And essentially, that book died with her. And, um, you know, so she hadn't done anything to protect it. She hadn't shared it with anyone. And she was one of these closet authors who didn't think that her book would go anywhere, but I was very interested in it. And now there's no one who will speak for it. Um, So it got me to thinking that I, you know, I put that on the back burner as I continued on with my career in, in, um, as an editor And now that I have my own house, um, I thought, well, I need to really get educated about this because 
I wanted to do something for authors about teaching them and showing them how they can preserve their legacy for the next generation. So I went and got educated. I uh, went out and studied and I got my license uh, in the state of Illinois for to be able to talk about money. Um, Very good. So I have my producer license. And then I started to write about author legacy and to, to research. And now I can actually speak to that. I actually have a, a team of lawyers and estate planners and tax mitigation specialists who can help authors with their legacies. I'm, I'm not a lawyer myself, but I do have a team. So as far as a, dic- a disclaimer is, uh, you know, the information is just meant for educational purposes, but I do have access to lawyers who can help with authors preserving their legacy. And so I had a, a talk. I wrote a class and I was going around the country at various writers' conferences. And another publisher came up to me and she said, you know, I'm really interested in you writing that book. I think that authors need this book. And she had an author who passed away from cancer. And she didn't have any anything in place as far as what's going to happen to the work after she passes. Uh, so the publisher took the book off the market and sent the royalty check to the husband who is in a nursing home with dementia. Oh. Oh. And the check has never been cashed. And so that book also died with that author. All her work essentially died with that author. And you know, I, I just have a heart for authors. And I think, you know, what if Hemingway or uh, J.R.R. Tolkien or, or, or one of the greats hadn't written their things down, hadn't written their works down? We wouldn't have those works today. I honestly think that it's very important that people preserve that, that authors as creatives, you know, our books are like our children. And right. uh, we should we should protect them and ensure that they have a future after us. No, this is this is so needed. It really is, Rowena. And those of us that have gone through the deaths of loved ones in our families and found out, oh, everything has to go through probate or everything right. wasn't accounted for, exactly. that becomes such a devastating time in the midst of the, in many cases, unexpected passing of a loved one. Right. So I'm so glad that you're here to share this information with us. I'm expecting really high numbers on the downloads of this particular episode. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I think an important question to ask uh, ourselves is, do, do do I need an estate plan? Maybe I don't, right? In the state of Illinois, the threshold for probate is $100,000. So if you have a house or, or any kind of asset that's over $100,000, that is uh, subject to probate if you don't have a trust in place. Do I have any debts? So if I have any debts, when I pass away, all my assets are going to go towards my debts first before they go to my heirs. Can my heirs support me should I become incapacitated? Or when I pass, can they wait six months to pay for my final expenses? I had an aunt who had no heirs. She had no children, was never married, and uh, she lived in Hawaii and far away from us. And uh, she was in the morgue for a month 
because there was no one who could get to her assets before they could issue a death certificate to be able to pay for her funeral. So these are things that uh, we have to really consider. Also, does my work need any money to survive? Meaning that for promotional purposes or if anything needs to be changed, do I have an heir who can speak for it, who can make editorial changes even, or who can pay for advertising or uh, a reprint or, or, or what? And is my work making any money? It might not be making money now, but it can in the future for an heir. I heard about this story of this grandmother who had a cake recipe and she had granddaughters and she asked her granddaughters, which one of you wants my cake recipe? And nobody else wanted it except for one one granddaughter. And she got the cake recipe. And when the grandmother passed away, uh, she went on to have a very successful cake business. And yeah, so she became very popular in her area and she had lots of orders and she was uh, doing really well with her cake business. And the other granddaughter, her, co- her cousin, she, she wanted the cake recipe. And, <laughs> and the one that the grandmother had willed it to um, said, no, I don't have to share my cake recipe with you because you didn't say anything. And grandma passed that on to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and she's right. Uh, so she didn't have to share that cake recipe with anyone else because in in that grandmother's uh, intention and in uh, her trust, she had bestowed that upon the granddaughter who wanted it. Uh, so who knows? Your work maybe one day can become a film or may have uh, may help hundreds of other or thousands of people, uh, especially if it's inspiring or it speaks to them. Uh, you never know where God is going to take your work. Four million books are published every year. And how many of those books are going to survive their authors? All right. So what what do we need to know? What do authors really need to know about protecting and preserving their intellectual assets for their future generations? I'm going to kind of let you run with this and share with us your thoughts and whether it's a one, two, three, or an ABC, okay. go ahead and go the first, for it. The first and foremost that I would do is organize, put your house in order. How many individual works do you have? And in what stage of development are they? How many contracts do you have? And then find out in the contracts who owns the actual rights. What rights did you give to your publisher? So that's for your published work. For your unpublished work, you will also want to have a plan, especially for your unpublished work, because an heir can take an unpublished work and later publish it. But if you don't have a plan for that work, it's, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, essentially, you would need to get a document vault or an e-vault and then obtain a trustee and or an executor to your estate and provide for your work in your estate planning. So have language in your trust as to what you're going to be doing with your books, with your work. And this could be for businesses. It could also be for any of your, any of your artwork. You know, any intellectual asset is included with your physical assets. Mm. Um, so I, I just highly recommend that you do that. And if you only have a will, if a will alone is 
pretty much it, it pretty much ensures probate because a will okay. doesn't do anything really. If you have a trust and a fully funded trust, and what I mean by that is that that all the assets are placed in the name of the trust, then that means it's fully funded and that the estate will go to the beneficiaries according to what's outlined in the trust. So that that will help prevent probate and lawsuit and protect it against divorce or anything else that might come along. Because say say that you're um that say that you're married and that uh you you have a child and you and you have a child who's an author as well and then your your child passes away and you pass away all three of you pass away you your your spouse and your child and the child is married and has a a, a wife the wife remarries and then she passes away then everything you own is in a in the hands of a stranger wow. um so if you have kids or you have uh you you essentially could disinherit your grandkids if you don't have a trust in place so these are things that i i highly recommend also to have everything written down as far as your logins and your passwords and you know who's going to be to have access to that after you pass on you want to have some kind of final expense insurance because with final expense insurance, there are plans that will pay out within 48 hours as opposed to waiting six weeks or two months or three months for the death certificate because we know the government. The government is the government fast in really anything. They're they're not. So you could wait a really long time if you don't have some kind of final expense in place. Um, and then you you can have a will uh, or a letter to your heirs and and designating while you're still alive and well, who is to do what for every individual work that you have, who is going to take care of that work after you pass on? Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. And here's the thing. You can have, as you said, with the one gal who had the cake recipe. No one wanted it at the time, but then now we want it and people can start coming out of the woodwork to claim items that aren't designated. And it's exactly taking the time to do it ahead of time. My mother in love passed away at 102 and very active, very, I mean, her brain just so active. She was amazing. And she had gone through all of her items and actually put someone's name on every single thing that she had. And she wrote a letter and said, this belongs to this person. This goes to this person. When I pass away, this goes to this person. Boom, 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 boom. Made it so easy when we were going through her estate and making sure that we had everything exactly the way that she wants, because I think that can be a devastating after after effect is I can have my heart for my works and know that I really want this particular child or maybe a grandchild to have access to it and to be able to take care of it. But if I don't have something in writing, if I don't let someone know, then my desire may not be met. It can be in the hands of those who they just want to do with it what they want, or maybe they don't assign the value that I would assign to a particular writing piece per se. So 
when we when you say a letter to your heirs, does this have to be a notarized letter? What do we have to look at with that? Well, in an estate plan, um, what I'm able to uh, help authors with is to have what's called a digitized trust. And uh, with a digitized trust out of the state of Nevada, because Nevada has the number one estate laws in the nation, you can, it's kind of like if you buy a car in in uh, California and you drive it to Illinois, uh, uh, you can drive that car. It's no problem. That's the same way with trusts. Okay. Uh, the way the trusts are now, if you have a lawyer who is in Illinois, then you're, you can only have that good in Illinois. But if you were to but have like multiple homes, it gets more complicated. But if you're if in the state of Nevada, um, they have the best laws to be able to cover any state. And what I recommend is that people have a trust. If they okay. have a, a, an e-trust, everything is put into and fully funded into the e-trust in the name of the estate. And that way, the letters, anything, all the letters uh, all they are are love letters, really, to your heirs, um, saying what you want to happen to everything. You can even, you know, tell them things that, uh, you know, the deepest parts of your heart. And it's the biggest gift that you can give to your heirs is what to do with everything once you're gone and that you've protected them, meaning that they don't have to pay out your debts or anything because you've taken care of all of that before you passed away. Right. That's fantastic. Now, when you say that it originates, or I guess this should be my question, are you saying that we can have a digitized e-trust yes. and have it originate in the state of Nevada and yes. have it be valid no matter what state we live in? Exactly. And ah. then you can, you can update it anytime you want. So you don't have to pay the four hundred to eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars to for a lawyer to update your book trust because with a book trust, you know, if it, there's a fire, you lose your trust. If there's if it's stolen, you lose your trust. If you lose it, you lose your trust, uh, and you'll have to start all over again. Whereas if you have an e trust, that comes with a card that you put in your wallet and you give one card to each of your heirs, should anything happen to you, all they have to do is pull out the card and call the number and then your, your e-state goes into effect. Your plan goes into effect. Meaning that your power of attorney, your, your health, durable power of attorney for health and for finances, that goes into effect. And so everything gets taken care of and all your family has to do is really just grieve because they don't want to have to, you don't want them to have to scramble around. And if you, if, if a case goes to probate, it, you're talking months and mm -hmm. a lot of heartache. And for a family that's already grieving and may have a financial trouble, uh, it, it's going to be a big burden. And when and you say books, books, yes, I want you to give us the differences between the book trust and an e-trust. I'm understanding e-trust is a digitized trust. And so it can't get, quote, lost or burnt up in a fire type of thing. Exactly. So exactly. a book trust is 
Would that is literally be paper? <laughs> yes, it's a paper. You get these leather bound, gold rimmed yes. tassels. You know, that's that's the traditional way people have trusts. It's uh, placed into this book, and all your assets are placed into this book. And should something happen to the book, you you basically have to start all over again. Whereas mm. if you have an e-state or an e-book. Uh, they they essentially have everything written. You could you could always print it out if you wanted to. But, sure. But with the ebook, it is ironclad and it help it uh, protects your work. You could put all your books into the e vault. Everything that like you write. Copies of the manuscripts. Yes, yes. You could put everything into your e vault. And then with instructions to your heirs what to do with it. Now, if you don't have any heirs, then you can designate your publisher, your agent, someone, right? You can designate or you can have a third party. Say you have more than one child and uh, you don't want them to fight after you pass away. So you right. have a third party who will designate. You know, I, I, I knew of a case where three daughters that got along very well, but when their father passed away, they were they literally fought over his mm. navy shirt. And to this day, they're not friends anymore. They're you know, they're mm. they're sisters, but they don't even talk to each other because they were fighting over stuff. Whereas if the if the father had designated who's going to get what and done it in such a way that each child understood then there wouldn't be that strife. That's right. Uh, so these are things that, uh, you know, if you have a third party who is not interested in getting anything, um, then then that, that might be easier than if you were to designate, say, your oldest child and your oldest child uh, is married and something happens to your oldest child. And so now it's the, uh, the, the spouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. the in-law that t- has to designate, and you've essentially disinherited your uh, other kids. So mm-hmm. it's it's something that you can p- have in place while you're still alive uh, to say who gets what directly, and you can change it at any time. Meaning, if you, with the birth of a new grandchild or the um, the marriage of one of your kids, uh, you can you can always change it without having to pay that extra fee. That you have to do with a book trust, with a okay. with an actual physical book trust. Now, does this help as well with ongoing royalties? Say yes. you, you have a book and you're getting royalties on your book and you pass away. Can you designate who receives the yes, royalties? Exactly. You can designate that if you want it to go to a if you don't have any heirs you can designate it to go to a charity uh you can you can do whatever you want as far as um leaving it to whoever you want to but that has to be put into a trust because royalties uh upon your death if it's not in your contract who those royalties go to the publisher can take your book off the market or they can keep it for all, all for themselves and not give anything to your heirs. Right. You know, so if you, you want to have something in place so that your wishes are are uh, followed through. And so if it was in a trust, maybe you didn't get to the publisher or you, oh, the book was published a few years back. You have a grandchild. You know what? I'd really love for that grandchild to benefit from the royalties that I'm getting on this project, you know, this project might even turn into a movie and that would be really great. And so you can put the information in the E-Trust, 
you have that there, would that trump the contract that you have with the publishing house if you didn't get to them in time? Uh, well, you have to really look at your contracts. Okay. And I'm going to, in the book, I'm going to offer publishers um, an addendum to their contracts that they can uh, designate, the authors can designate who they want the royalties to go to nice. should something happen to them, who can speak for their book should something happen to them. If they give all of that to the publisher, give all those rights to the publisher, they could designate that as well. So right. that way the publisher, uh, free and clear of conscience, can can continue to keep that book in publication knowing that they're going to get all the royalties. So, so it just gives the author that freedom to choose who they want uh, to take on their legacy. And to benefit from it. All right. Right. When we, when we talk about a will and then we talk about a trust, can you share with us the difference? Because you said a will alone ensures probate while yes. a fully funded trust gets gets us past that right because with a will that shows when, when you when a person passes away they uh there's a case that opens up saying that okay anybody who you owe money to anybody this person owes money to um can go and claim their money so right. if you have any debts all your creditors are going to come after your debts they're going to come after their money right so right before anything can go to your heirs, they're going to go after any little thing that they can get. You you could have people coming out of the woodwork, you know, relatives you never knew you had coming out of the woodwork asking for your stuff, right? right. So you have to you have to uh, protect that. Um, and with a will, you can say, yeah, I I, I want so and so to get this, and I want uh, my daughter to have that. But if you if you don't have a trust in place. Um, that's all open to the public. Everything is open to the public. Whereas mm. if you have a trust, nothing is open to the public. They have to actually sue the trust in order to see what's in there. Okay. Because if okay. you have anything under your name, that's what, what's going to be out in, the, in public. But if right. everything is put into the name of the trust, then um, anybody who's searching for money has to go and sue the trust. Um, and and uh, and they won't be able to because right. it, it's all hidden. It's hidden. And and it's and, the, and the they won't that, even know. Sure, they won't even know, depending on the name of your trust, they're not right? even going to know that it's associated with you. Exactly. And so you can have that where it is, assets are here, this is how they're divided out, and I don't have to have that added worry that, as you said, someone's going to exactly. come up out of the out of the woodwork and say, Hey, 25 years ago or whatever. Right. Because it has to be addressed. If it's brought up, if someone comes and they, is it a test? They attest the will, they come up against the will and they say, I want my lawyers to look at this because I think that it exactly. should be this way. Right. Exactly. And then there's the issue of copyright too. Once you put it in the trust, it's copyright. <laughs> it's yours. Mm. So nobody can later say, Hey, that was my work. No, it, you, there's a time and date stamp of, uh, say you have a new book, you can put it into your trust. There's a time and date stamp of when, when that book was written and when that book was placed into the trust, that's an immediate uh, copyright. 
right nice. there that nobody else can steal it. So good. Now you say to have final expense insurance. What is yes. that? Well, that's where upon the moment you're, of your passing, you call a number. And because the person you have, or you, you have designated what you wanted, like you want either a funeral, you want everyone to wear white, you want everyone to have party, you want to, you want everyone to be happy, sure. whatever sure. you want, it's already designated. Now, now personally, I, I, I want to, you know, be buried under a tree, you know, and, uh, you know, put, wrap me in burlap and put me and plant a tree on top of me. That's how I, that's how I want. That's what I right. want. Right. So you can designate that. Um, and, uh, and then where the fund's going to come from, are you going, is your, you're going to prepay right now, it or have, what are you going to, right. If you don't have a family member who has enough funds, what are you going to do? Right. You're, right. you're, you're what are they going to do? So essentially, with final expense insurance, once you call that number, your plan goes into effect, meaning that the money has already been set aside between $5,000 and $25,000. Uh, you can have your funeral. You can have your, and your family doesn't have to pay that because you've already taken care of that before you passed away. And are you doing monthly payments for that yeah, insurance? You can, you can or- do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do monthly payments um, or you can do one-time payment. Uh, you know, there are different plans out there and I, again, can help you with that or you can go to your insurance agent or, sure. or someone uh, you trust. Uh, yeah, I have I have access to all that. If you don't have final expense, then you can call me. You can also talk to me about trusts and wills and get you set up with an estate plan so that you're an estate plan so that your your heirs are taken care of your books are taken care of your nice. um all your work is taken care of because you know Very we're good. mortal right our souls sure. are mortal that's right but our, that's right our books may not be <laughs> yeah no uh, you know, that's uh, very good yeah. so can our listeners can they contact you do you do like a do they have to pay you to contact you and talk to you no. initially uh, no i just reach free out consultation. to you just reach out to me. I, have free, I offer free consultation. Call me or email me. Mm-hmm. Um, my number is uh, 224-339-4159. You can reach me at Rowena, R-O-W-E-N-A dot Brimstone Fiction, B-R-I-M-S-T-O-N-E-F-I-C-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Nice. Nice. And I know that you have for us an author intake trust form. Talk to us about yes. that. Well, these are just a simple way of uh, seeing whether or not you want to trust, see if we want to discuss it. So um, if we, you just uh, fill out the form and then give me a call or email it to me um, at row at rowinaquo.com. Um, and uh, we can set up an appointment to talk about whether or not you want to set up a, an estate plan sure. uh, for your work and for all your assets, really. Because if you, like in the state of Missouri, it's 40000 The threshold for probate is 40000 So wow. if you have anything more than $40,000, that's subject to probate if you don't wow. have a plan in place. Wow. Well, and I know that we have the links, all the links that were mentioned, we have those. They're going to be in the show yes. notes or they're in the show notes and many, many more. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you want our authors to know 
about leaving this legacy? Well, I just encourage you to have a spreadsheet uh, mm. of all your published and unpublished works, their titles, uh, the publisher, uh, who, where in the submission process each unpublished work is in, um, nice. have three to 10 genres that you think your work should go into to help heirs decide if they're going to market your book and in what genres they're going to put your book. And then just have all your passwords and all your wishes written down so that people know uh, what to do. Uh, if yes. Should you become incapacitated or should you pass away? Mm. It sounds very logical. And I think everyone has the best of intentions to make right. sure that their estate is taken care of but we are not promised tomorrow. Exactly. And the best time to get this taken care of is right now or yesterday. Exactly. But <laughs> yesterday's not here. So right now is a good place to begin and being able to contact you, Rowena, for you to say, all right, this is what you're showing and this is why a trust would make sense for you. Or, you know what, this is what you have. You may not need a trust depending on the state that you're in, because probate is at this level. So it would behoove us to contact you and say, right. what are your thoughts? What do you think? And how should I move forward with this? Absolutely. And I would be more than happy to help anyone uh, discuss it or, or discuss with your family what your wishes are. And then, and then just call me, give me a call or email me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I know that in the publishing industry, you have some books that are out there. And one that you have is Getting Past the Publishing Gatekeepers. Talk to us about that one. Yes. Um, Getting Past the Publishing Gatekeepers was a book that was uh, came out of Right to Publish last year. And it was the idea of Hope Bullinger. Uh, she wanted to have the perspective from a publisher, an editor, an agent, and uh, a reader or a, mm -hmm. a, a book influencer. How to how to get past the publishing gatekeepers, essentially. And uh, so they asked me to be to write the editor portion, which I did. Um, so I threw it. <laughs> I say I say I wrote the book. It took me ten years and one week to write the book. Ten wow. years of experience. <laughs> Because <laughs> I have all these classes on editing and um, right. what, what, how, how to fix your book so that <laughs> your book can get published. And, and then I sat down and I just wrote it out, just wrote it out. And um, so, and so uh, I just lot, it has a great, lot of information, yeah. right? A lot right. of uh, discovery. You've been in the industry for quite a while. So your knowledge yes. is so valuable and what you can give us and have it down in writing for us is fabulous. So yours is with the editors. Then we have also the sub on it is winning the hearts of agents, publishers, editors, and readers. So you're actually getting the content from these entities, from agents, exactly. publishers, editors, and readers to be able to make it past that threshold. Not insure the publishing but yeah, to at least get through the door. And that's, that's what all you want. need. 
That's all, all we need. need. You just need a break. Just need to get your foot in the door. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So very good. You have given us so much. I greatly appreciate this. And thank you for all that you do for the industry and what you are sharing with us today, I think is going to make a difference in the life of an author and in the legacy of that author as well. So greatly appreciate you being here with us today, Rowena. Thank you so much, Linda. Uh, we'll have you back on. It's been on. an honor. Oh, okay. It's always good to see you and always good to hear what you have to offer. It's a blessing to all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. And we want to thank you friends for joining us. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating, post an episode review, and hit the subscribe button so you always have our episodes coming directly to you in your inbox. I greatly appreciate what you have to say about your best writing life as much as I appreciate what you choose to write for the kingdom. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on your best writing life.